goes it. Uh, this is Deb Jones. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to Deb Jones Talking Shop with Women in the Biz, Episode 7. Uh, this this marks the first episode of 2019. Although we actually, we recorded it back in 2018, you know, but I got booked on a film shoot, you know, and when Hollywood comes a-knocking, baby, uh, the last thing you want to do is say no. So, anywho... Uh, you know, I did, I had so much fun on this episode with, uh, Sam Brown and Emily Candini, and I just can't wait for you guys to hear what these two have been up to, you know, so, so without further ado. So, this is so much fun. I got, uh, Sam Brown and Emily Candini. Hey. Hey, how's it going, you two? (laughs) Hi, Deb. Good. Hey, Deb. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. I love the setup. (laughs) (laughs) thanks thanks for coming to our house to record absolutely you guys want to tell the audience a little bit about this setup it's pretty cool it's a step up (laughs) (laughs) it's a step up from my guitar center recorder that i usually use uh yeah no you don't want to tell people about the audio setup yeah it sounds boring (laughs) yeah it sounds boring dev is all about it and you were like (laughs) well let me tell you what i got set up here people have their own podcasts uh maybe it could help them you know better their <laughs> setup i hadn't anticipated that today was going to be the big day i mean we had talked about doing this episode for such a long time yeah well you texted me and said that you were picking your car up near our house and so i said just come on over and then yeah. sam was like we should just do the yeah deb, deb jones i was like i got biz. this i got this professional podcasting set up <laughs> that Let's is true. go for it I mean, it's so cool. You know, what? I'm going to ask a question, uh, and then I say, oh, sorry, the ta- Miguel is scratching. Thanks for oh, bringing him oh. over. Hey, thank you for letting me bring him over. You know, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I wanted to bring the other two ones, but I'm like, you know what, Deb, you're pushing it. <laughs> oh no, no, Miguel's always welcome. The last time we talked, you said he was going to lose some weight. It looks like he got bigger. <laughs> you know, he did, uh, but I have to blame it on his vet. Why? <laughs> well, his vet suggested a new diet. He said it's you know it's gonna definitely make him drop a whole bunch of pounds. Are you giving him just the diet the vet said, or is it's just the diet? Because that- I I know you have some problems with giving Miguel too many you know table scraps and. Well, you know, hey, the way I see it is you only live once, right? <laughs> so if Miguel's life is cut a little bit shorter, you know. <laughs> At least he enjoyed his, uh, his, I started making dog nachos. <laughs> and what? You know, they're called dog nachos. I'm going to start selling them on Amazon <laughs> as an influencer or something. <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk to a lawyer first to see if that's even possible. You know, lots of paperwork involved with that, you know, yeah. with the selling of it part. But selling dog nachos? Yeah, well, I, I have to, I can give you guys a sample if you want. They're pretty good. I mean, you guys, your guys' dogs might enjoy them. I know Miguel certainly scarfs them down <laughs> miguel is miguel is panting so hard right now can you pet him can i pet miguel no can i can you yes please yeah feel free oh wow he's so big 40 pound pug <laughs> he's 40 pounds he's 40 pounds yeah tipping the scale at 40 actually 41 pounds at his last weigh-in i can, <laughs> you can hear him walk across the floor <laughs> a, he looks like he has joint problems uh, he does <laughs> So, you know, so I got a list of questions. How do you guys want to do this? Uh, should we start off with, I mean, Emily, you've been on the show. You know mm-hmm. the drill. Why Last I- time you recorded Neil, Dundati, and I for an hour and then realized you <laughs> so weren't I, I, recording. That's a good warm up. You know? <laughs> it was an hour. 
<laughs> an hour? Yeah, we talked for an hour. Uh, so what, okay. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the question. I'll have Emily answer it. And then, Sam, if you could jump right in after she's done and give your own answer to the question. Okay. Yeah. Works for me, yeah. So, so Emily, so where did you grow up? <laughs> uh, I grew up in Northern California. Okay, cool. And, Sam, what about you? Uh, I I was actually, I was born in Guam, but I uh, grew... <laughs> I grew up in a town called Sandwich, Massachusetts. Sandwich, Massachusetts. Yeah, which is right on Cape Cod. Oh no way! Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to check it out next time I'm in next time I'm in Massachusetts. <laughs> do you go to Massachusetts, Dad? Uh, you know, not very often, uh, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have some money that I can put towards a plane ticket. What are you going to fly to Massachusetts well, for? I've never been there. Why not? So, Emily. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy your childhood? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Huh? It was chill, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Sam. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> did you enjoy your childhood? <laughs> Same question. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed my childhood. Any highlights? Any low points? Highlights? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I grew up on Cape Cod. It was really nice. Uh, uh, when, we, when I was kids during the summer, we used to jump off of a road bridge into a creek, which was like a fun memory to have. It was a really, really beautiful place. And I, I didn't really get that until I was in uh, college in New York City. And when I was growing up, I thought, I was like, oh, this town's so boring. But uh, once once I graduated, I, I realized like, oh, this is a really exceptionally nice town um nice and quiet and kind of quaint low points Ooh. um see uh one time i went to a lacrosse jamboree uh, a lacrosse jamboree waspiest person yeah yeah Yeah, i am uh yeah highlight sailing lessons as a kid uh what the fuck is a lacrosse jamboree so it's like it's like you play lacrosse and you're on and then you dance (laughs) and you're on your team and they they set up like a day uh like a specific day where they have all the towns get together and play like four games in in a day. Uh-huh. Uh, and all there's the towns. there's like different events and stuff like that. And there was a raffle in it. And uh, I won a hat in the raffle. And I'm, you know, like a, I, I like the spotlight. And so I started to do a victory dance when I won the hat. <laughs> and I got up there and I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I grabbed the hat, and then some kid came behind me. And so as I went back, uh, the the kid went up to the raffle person, and they go, oh, uh, actually, um, there's been a mistake. You were one number off from winning the hat. Uh, Someone else won the hat. And so I had to go give the hat back. And I had to be, all, I was all sad and embarrassed because I was in front of like 10 different towns of. That's of, a low point. Yeah. I was abused. I'm going to have to say that must have been pretty traumatic though to do a victory dance only to find out that you indeed did not win. Yeah. I'm wondering, <laughs> well, yeah, which I mean, things from those events trigger you now? That, Polo was, shirts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tennis whites. Yeah, totally. It was like an embarrassing Bread. Raffle tickets. Every time I see bread, I remember that hat. I like that. I I was like, you were like, I don't have any low points, and then I was like, oh, here's here's I'll keep the show going. I'll answer 
the question and you're like, I was a <laughs> I'll only mention this to trump your story. Yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get for being so white at me. <laughs> it's not being white so, at you. Yes, you are. I feel confronted by <laughs> your whiteness. I'm ashamed of my race. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> we should be. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> good, good to know. Let's see here. Oh, I accidentally clicked out of my questions and went into an old sent email from 2015. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's it say? Actually, I clicked out of it and went back to the question. I have to, maybe after I ask the questions, I can click back no, to it please and don't. let you guys no, know no. what that said. Okay, so. So, Emily, what got you into comedy? How, how did you get started? I know we sort of touched upon that in episode, whatever that was. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> again, for, for the listeners that haven't heard that episode. Oh, I don't want to tell the same story. <laughs> well, maybe I can just edit in your answer from that episode. That's hilarious. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and then I think, actually, I will do that with your permission. Can I go ahead and sure. do that right now? You can do whatever you well, want. What, what's it say? I'm going to insert that clip right here. Beep. Or I can also use the option of saying, oh, well, you know, she when she was little, she used to watch Johnny Carson's show. She used to stay up really late mm -hmm. at night. When I was two years old and people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would say the queen of late night. And that's not a joke. I believe that 100%. I was obsessed yeah. with Johnny Carson starting yeah. when I was like two. Wow. Because my mom went back to school oh, and yeah. separated from my father and my brother and sister were older. My mom couldn't put me to bed because she had like three jobs and was in school full time and with three kids on her own. Wow. wow. Yeah. And I wouldn't go to sleep. And like, that's how I've always been. Like I've yeah. always been a night owl. I don't go to sleep. Wow. Um, and so I would watch Johnny Carson every night at like two. So like he was my Sesame Street. I was wow. obsessed with him. And I would like, when I was like four, I started like making like cardboard desks that I'd set up in front of the TV wow. with stuffed animals and chairs. And then I would lose my shit so that she'd let me stay up at four so I could sit in front of the TV and be him in front of him. Because, you know, as a, as a single mom who was raising three kids, <laughs> she did not have any time to deal with Emily's BS. So she just, you know, had to be like, OK, you know what I mean? You can stay up all night watching this show. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Emily would put herself to sleep. I think... Uh, well, not put herself I think to you sleep, should but. not edit the clip in and just leave everything as is, as it just went down. Oh. Oh. Well, well, all right. I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to just like like have the beep in there. Have it be like, all right, it goes in here. Beep. I like that we're editing it right have. now. Yeah. It's so crazy. Well, not, well, we have options, right? You know, we can go that route or we can yeah. go the other route. Yeah. Something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's fun. Uh, so moving right along, uh, Sam, uh, same question. Same question. <laughs> <laughs> what got you into comedy? <laughs> uh, I used to do cable access uh, when I was uh, in high school. And then when I got to college, um, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater just started in New York. And I used to watch their show and I would go all the time and... I went to a show that was improv jam there. I didn't take classes or anything like that, but uh, I got interviewed during the improv jam and just, you know, answering questions, uh, got people laughing. And one of the guys in the comedy troupe I started uh, was 
in uh in the audience and he was like hey let we go to the same college let's start a comedy troupe and is that how you started a whitest kids you know yeah yeah so that's so cool so that was sort of how that began yeah 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 totally that was trevor that that uh saw me in that show and was like let's start a comedy troupe and i was on board and uh turned out he lived a floor above me and used to stop by my room and be like hey let's let's do this and like the third time he stopped by i was like oh this guy's serious about starting a comedy troupe oh that's so cool what year was that 2003 it's uh 2000 not 2000 okay not bad <laughs> pretty close <laughs> yeah. within the three-year range not yeah, bad yeah. <laughs> Good guess. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Let's see here. Uh, Emily. Yeah. Who was your first comedy hero and why? I oh, guess we already know the answer. I, yeah, that. Johnny Carson. <laughs> and why? Because he was funny. And all his guests were funny. And like to date, I think my favorite all time like bit ever um, is animals coming on late night shows <laughs> i think that's my favorite thing to ever watch ever is animals on late night shows and then in turn um tracy morgan i've been obsessed with for like forever um and he did a bit on saturday night live that was a fake animal show and it's oh, yeah. i'm still like no what yeah, was I'm, the character's name brian fellows <laughs> and it was so funny and i love him and i'm obsessed with him and i think i think oddly my comedy is very much inspired by tracy morgan <laughs> and just how wild he is you, and what you don't like intentionally <clears throat> funny people you like you you tend to grab i've noticed this is you tend to gravitate towards more naturally funny people more people who are like yeah just are yeah i that's because that i think is what the magic in comedy is um i want to see people and be around with and work with people who just are comedy actually somebody i despise um once told me that the thing that they hated most about my comedy partner Alana and I uh was that we just lived comedy we just were funny all the time and they were really jealous of that and that's why they wanted to be friends with us but they were a total nasty creep um <laughs> but yeah I like freaks I like monsters I like weirdos creepos not creepy people creepos very different uh yeah, that's what I'm interested in and like what I'm attracted to in other comics is people who just are funny. They just can't help it because that's who I want to be around all the time. Like all of my friends are naturally funny. That's so cool. From your description of the things that you like, I was going to say, are you a fan of the show Tales from the Crypt? <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to like, I would put on Tales from the Crypt when I was younger for like, weird periods when we'd have hbo we were probably stealing it <laughs> um and 
I would put on just like the introduction portions and scare myself really badly, but like as just, a punishment, like just not the keeper. Yeah, because like once the show came on, I would be like slow moving, and I would be like, "This isn't scary. Who cares?" Yeah. But the crypt keeper really scared me. <laughs> that like ninety pound skeleton yeah. with long hair. Was just yeah, that <laughs> that fucked me up enough to keep you up at night. Yeah, that <laughs> fucked me up. I guess should we move to the next question? Uh, inspiration. Huh, we all need it. <laughs> Emily, uh, what is your... Ins- well, I guess I kind of asked that. It was more specific to comedy, and this would be sort mm-hmm. of like in general in life. Oh, you know what? Why don't we just skip that question and move to the next one? What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> you don't want to know my life inspiration now? No, no. I mean, if you want to. I mean, just because I, I read the next question, it's... It's kind of similar, but not completely. What's the next question? Well, the next question is... Uh, what, what inspires is... you? Klaus, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what is the most important thing in life? Oh, uh, those are two different questions. They're yeah. different questions. Yeah, yeah, do them one at a time. All right. Okay. Um, I just want to do good for other people and do as much as I can do. I think... Um, and that's like through charity work, but also just in life, like I try to really be there for people like AA would say I try to show up for them um and I feel as if I open myself up to allowing people to feel comfortable with that and knowing like that once I care about somebody regardless of even what happens even if they turn out to be like shitty um it's true like I'll always love them and root for them and I'll always be there for them no matter what uh yeah because I think that's what we're supposed to do and then a lot of that also is like through comedy uh because I meet most of the people I meet through comedy so encouraging people to use their voice and be honest and be fucking loud say what they want to say and create the work that they care about um so like that's i guess what inspires me is helping others i guess and i'm kidding that's not true it's money (laughs) that's why i spend a lot of time working for charities for free letters to santa i'm kidding i've never gotten any money from letters to santa why don't you tell us uh, what letters to santa is about and uh I think you're working on a project that has to do with it. (laughs) Yeah, Letters to Santa is a charity that is based in Renan, Chicago. Uh, The majority of the money is raised through a 24-hour event of comedy and music. Families in Chicago, their letters are selected, and it's people actually writing letters to Santa Claus. And then people show up at their house on Christmas Day, not only with all the gifts they want and all of the necessities they need for living, um but also a large sum of money to change the trajectory of their lives. So yeah, it's a really wonderful and beautiful thing and I'm really happy to be a part of it. And right now I am trying to document it and that's what I'm working on, is documenting the actual 24-hour event itself and the inner workings of the charity because uh, the majority of the people involved, the people are all comics. Who are some of the the people uh, involved for the people that didn't hear our last episode? I don't even know who's coming this year, and it's next week. I have to look over the list. Uh, In the past, Sam Sam Richardson from uh, Veep, Jason Sudeikis from Hall Pass, uh, Fred Armisen from Portlandia, SNL, from (laughs) 
Sam uh, Richardson's also in Detroiters, and Jason Stakes also SNL. Jeff Tweedy, <laughs> Wilco, was the guitar tuner. <laughs> for Wilco. Um, <laughs> he performs every year um, and auctions off private concerts, and that's actually uh, the way in which we generate the most money. He's a really wonderful man it, who I love very much, and his wife and his sons. They are all really fantastic people. Isn't St. Vincent involved? St. Vincent, uh, yeah. Famous for that, that thrift store in he, Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she owns it. She owns <laughs> She owns a third of a Goodwill. <laughs> if you ask me, that's pretty good investment. You know what I mean? It's all about real estate, baby. Baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a lot of celebrities and a lot of famous musicians involved. But that's kind of the interesting and wonderful thing about it is that it's a 24-hour show. So no one is important because everybody's exhausted and everybody's working really, really hard. And so... It's just kind of this amazing event where no one has room for any ego or energy for any ego. We're all just there to create together and to celebrate. We're like celebrating the fact that we get to help people for 24 hours. That's great. Which is insane and wonderful. And it's the best 24 hours of my year every year. And aren't there also kids there in the audience? Or do they perform with you guys? Yeah, we have a kid prov, which happens in the early morning after we've stayed up and performed all night. And that starts at 6 a.m. The show this year, I'm assuming this podcast will come out after the show already happens. <laughs> but the show this year, we always have it on Thanksgiving week because that's when TV shows are out so that our famous friends can come do the show. So it is Monday, I believe, November 19th to Tuesday, November 20th. Last thing I'm going to say is if you ever need a script supervisor, uh, <laughs> you know who to call. I have a list of recommendations upon request. Thank you. So, uh, Sam, same question. Uh, what do you think is most important? You know, I guess you don't need me to repeat it. No, I do. It was like uh, 20 yeah. minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, what is most... What do you think <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's always good, actually, I'm kidding, to, I'm kidding. To repeat the question, it's... Uh, uh, that was more a comment on how I just been hanging out i've been talking for so long i'm so sorry no but sam we're gonna ask lots of questions afterwards we're gonna ask we want to hear about whitest kids you know we want to hear about your projects we want to hear about uh i don't know whatever you want to talk about whatever <clears throat> what is the most important <laughs> thing in life and in, in, in inspiration yeah. I, I you know it's funny as i was gonna say money I was gonna <laughs> say, that's like as soon as you said that i was like stole my thing i stole your bit man stole my bit it's gonna be a great bit. It was gonna come out of no. It was especially it's coming gonna off, come out of nowhere. Coming off, you're talking about charities. It would have been perfect. I'm uh, sorry. To the question, like, like what inspires me? It's, uh, I like people. I like stories. I like hearing people's stories, and I like to like figure out different stories. And uh, I like to like imagine crazy things and hear what other people can imagine and come up with and uh i like trying to think of stuff that hasn't been thought before uh, and come up with ideas that haven't been that aren't like played out and tired yeah do you think that all of that that's that your inspiration what inspires you obviously probably helped with uh whitest kids you know and the projects that you have now that you're working on and putting out uh, content that you want to see uh, stuff that y inspires you <laughs> yeah stuff that you know hasn't been done 
Well, I mean, yeah, I think uh, uh, with Whitest Kids You Know, I found a group of people that I write well with and that I had a lot of fun for for 10 years just like coming up with just like the weirdest stuff we could come up with. And it was always really fun to have that feeling of all of a sudden like having an idea introduced to a room, whether it's like the premise for a sketch or just like the line of a joke and everyone getting excited about it and having that that feeling together and being able to like produce that for an audience uh was really fun and now uh you know i've been working with uh zach and trevor from the show on uh we have been working with uh cbs on some projects and uh we're trying to figure out how to like translate our tone and our sense of humor and those ideas onto uh that bigger market and uh it's been a lot of fun and an interesting process and then i like talking to you know i teach so i like talking to people who uh, don't have experience in things and hear hear their take at things and try and help them figure out how to find their own voice that's great it sounds like it sounds like it's it's pretty it's a challenge right to try to figure out how to make cbs so you put a smile on their face (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it's it's like you know like i think people think like oh i could do better than that like they turn on the tv and like oh i could do better than that whatever Mm. it's like uh there's Mm. a lot of people you have to get to agree on something to get to do that and that that's like that's the real challenge of it totally. is getting everyone to agree to invest their time and money into something like that yeah you have to they call it uh show business for a reason yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that we should talk about like high school or like what it was like to live in new york post 9-11 it was fun sam <laughs> no i mean like living in new york <laughs> Like, not like the day after 9-11. Oh, my God. I meant like 2005. Oh, my God. What was that like, you know, to be a comedian in 2005? Were you in New York when 9-11 happened? Yeah, yeah. I saw saw one of the towers fall with my own eyes. Oh, wow. Which is crazy. Uh, But comedy in new york in the the mid 2000s was really fun it was really exciting you there's this club called rafifi a like it it was there was something about it where it was just like the manager was very loose with how how it, he ran a loose ship there and so the bartenders <laughs> would uh get everyone give everyone free drinks and so like if you did comedy there you almost always got free drinks and so all the comedians that were doing shows downtown, like all like the free comedy shows downtown, would always go to this same bar, and that that bar would have shows at it. And so, uh, yeah, it ended up being this like really cool little like almost like a CBGBs for comedy at the time. And there was a lot of great comedians that performed there. Uh, Who like, performed there at that time? Like uh, Variety Shack did their show there, which was like. Uh, Chelsea Peretti, Shanali Bowmilk, Andrea Rosen, Heather Lawless, Reggie Watts would play there. Uh, Eugene Merman and Bobby Tisdale hosted a show yeah. called Invite Them Up There. Oh. You can actually get the, they released an album that's on Amazon. Nick Kroll, John Mulaney used to perform there. Sam Shepard. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I We did a show there. It was Whitest Kids You Know. And then people from the the, uh, improv group Death by Ruru uh, 
and Cracked Out, which is uh, John Daly and Brett Gelman. Like, it was also uh, Neil Casey, Anthony and Tamanick, and John Gemberling and Curtis Gwynn. And we all, we did this show and like no one went to see this show. It was just like, it would be like eight people in the audience every time we did it. But we did this like reoccurring sketch show called Death by Crack Kids because it was all our names combined. And then uh, one of the shows after the show was smoking a cigarette and someone came up to me and was like, did you see uh, Sam Shepard was in there? (laughs) I was like, what? He was like, yeah, Sam Shepard was in there. And in the show we did this sketch that was so dumb that was uh a guy uh using virtual reality to simulate getting blown by a brontosaurus that was it's so dumb so dumb and then uh we met sam shepherd <laughs> afterwards and i was like hey huge fan i'm 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 like i i think true rest is amazing and he goes i liked that brontosaurus sketch <laughs> I think they call it a deathbed memory, right? Yeah. Like right before you die, those are the things that flash before your eyes. Yeah, I, I, I doubt that it was a deathbed memory for him. <laughs> you never know. What if? Yeah, who's to say? He's like, where is that boy? Is there anything else that we guys that you guys want to talk about? How, how's Jodie Foster? <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are friends. Yeah, we're we're very good friends. I've worked consistently together for uh, ever since uh, we met on the, well, we met before The Accused. That was the first production that we worked on. We're getting ready to go into production, you know, on this uh, sort of a passion project. It's called Pancakes and Popcorn. What's it about? It's about a single mother that uh, uh, lost both of her jobs and (laughs) starting a new line of, of organic food. What are you doing, Sam? Checking his text messages. Checking IMDb. Oh, really? To <laughs> see who the script supervisor on Silence of the Lambs. Who was it? There was something else that had occurred to me I wanted to ask you guys. I can't remember what it was. Hmm. Oh, wait. Actually, I do. I want I remembered what it was. It's, uh, weren't you in a film as a baby? Oh, yeah. I was Aww. in... Uh, Did you want to hear about that? One Crazy Summer. One Crazy Summer. Starring John Cusack, Demi Moore, Jeremy Piven and uh um joel murray is there a way that the audience can know which baby is you i'm the the little blonde baby in the background of of the and shot the little with blondie all, blonde baby in the background. How with fun. all the shots with the sh- they in the movie they buried joel murray up to his neck in sand and there's a bunch of babies and he freaks out, and I'm the little blonde baby. Well, this is so much fun, Sam and Emily. Uh, this is great. I'll have to have you guys back on pretty soon after some of these things that we have talked about have uh, transpired. Thanks, Deb. All right. Thanks, Deb. All right. Uh, this has been so much fun. Uh, be well. Be well. <laughs>